0: right, lease accounting. So if the main takeaway from the revenue recognition standard, I think we can't emphasize enough, act now. The lease accounting standard is start thinking about it now because it's also coming quick. So as most of you know, the lease accounting standard replaced the old topic 840 and now it's the topic 842. And the effective dates, you can see that for the majority of you, The lease accounting standard is gonna be effective for calendar year ends, it's gonna be in 2020, and for fiscal year ends, it's gonna be in 2021. So the lease accounting standards focuses mostly on the lessees, and this is where I'm gonna spend the next probably five minutes. So the classification of the lease has changed just in wording mostly because now your capital lease, what you, we're used to calling capital lease is now finance lease and the operating lease that remains operating. So the criteria is pretty much the same. They add one more criteria to uh, determine if it's a finance or operating lease and that's a specialized asset. And basically the whole kind of underlying topic of this criteria is who has the control of the asset. If the lessee has the control of the asset during this lease period, then it's finance lease. If the lessor has control of the asset during the lease period, then it's an operating lease. So for the last source, the classification changed, but the accounting did not really change. They tried to align the control principle with the revenue recognition standard for the last source. So I think at this point, probably everybody knows that the leases are coming onto the balance sheet. So how do you bring the leases on the balance sheet? So you have your right of use asset and the corresponding lease liability. And the right of use asset, you will have to record at present value. So how do you calculate your present value? You need to know lease payments, lease term, and the discount rate. So for the lease payments, obviously you need to know, you know your, your fixed lease payments, your variable lease payments. Also if any initial costs like commissions you need to capitalize, those are calculated as part of the lease payments. There's lease and lease versus non-lease components that you need to assess. The non-lease components are generally expense, but there's a practical experience when you can lump them together and capitalize. You just need to be aware of the impact it's gonna have on your balance sheet because obviously it will gross it up even more. The lease term, so it's your non-cancelable lease term plus any options that you will likely to extend plus any options to extend controlled by the lessor. And finally, the discount rate will be either stated in the lease agreement, which personally, I haven't seen any stated there, but it's also the, incre- you can take if it's not implicit, ic- explicit in the lease agreement, it's gonna be the incremental borrowing rate or the risk-free rate, usually you use that to discount your pledges, long-term pledges or accounts receivable. Why is it important to know if it's a finance lease or operating lease because both go on the balance sheet nowadays or in, in a year or so? So it's important because even though the balance sheet is gonna look the same for finance and operating lease, the income statement and the statement of cash flow are gonna look a little different. For the finance lease, you will recognize this sort of lease expense in two lines. There's gonna be amortization expense and interest expense. And what that means, because there's interest expense there, that your lease is gonna be, your finance lease is gonna be front-loaded. So this is important to educate the users of your financial statements, because in the beginning of your lease, the expense is gonna be higher, which is obviously gonna affect your bottom line. And then in the statement of cash flow, your principal payments you know, are gonna be in the financing section of the cash flow and your interest payments in the operating. And obviously the operating lease is easier, there's one expense and the cash flow goes in the same place. There's some new disclosures for the lessees and the less source, and basically what they go over is that Any classification, when you classify the leases, you have to do separate disclosures, right? So the finance lease are gonna have separate disclosures and the operating lease will have separate disclosures. There's some practical expedients. I point out the most impactful ones here. This first one has to be adopted as one package deal and it has to do with basically not reassessing your expired and existing leases. You can also use the hindsight to determine the lease term and any impairment of the asset. This is the one that I mentioned, non-separating lease and non-lease components. And lastly, to use optional transitional method because originally FASB only gave you one method to adopt the standard. And this is, they called it modified retrospective approach. So if you adopt your new lease standard, let's say in 2019 and you present 2018 and 18 statements, then you need to bring on your leases into that on the balance sheet in 2018. So basically, you need to restate your prior year. So then, you know, I'm assuming that early adopters complained that this is not, you know, always possible, it's difficult. So now they said like, all right, fine. You can also have this optional transition method where if your year of adoption is 2019, 2018, the prior year, stays the same. You don't have to do anything there. In 2019, you bring your leases on the balance sheet and your difference, you're gonna flow through the beginning equity and you're done. So there are pros and cons to each method. This method obviously will require more disclosures because you have to disclose your 2018 on the old standard and 2019 on the new standard. Practical considerations so preparations consideration, the most important out of this and probably the most important in the lease standard for you is if you have any loans or if you're planning to have a loan taken out in the future, consider the lease standard because it will affect your debt-to-equity ratio. So the best way to do, it, like, kind of with all accounting standard, is to have in your loan agreement something to the fact that the bank will reassess, you know, this agreement if any pertinent accounting standard come up. So this way, you're not going to be penalized now that you know your lease is going to be on your in your liabilities, so it will affect that ratio. But it's not really a liability; it's not like you have to pay it. So there it is. Okay. Your so, lease standards yeah. in five minutes.
1: <laughs> Just to let you know in the statement of cash flows, there's two things to know uh, that will be effective for beginning 12 through 19 year ends and going forward. One, the, the statement of cash flow is now going to show a reconciliation of restricted cash. There's a diversity in practice where we are, I, might, what I might put as operating or financing. Somebody might put investing or vice, vice versa. So now we're not going to show any restricted cash on the cash flow statement. Cash flow statement is going to show change in total cash. With the reconciliation, how is that tied to the balance sheet between restricted, unrestricted, the different categories that you have, that's gonna be a change for this year. And also some of the components, there's been some clarity, diversity in practice as to what goes into unusual things between operating, investing, and financing, such as I have an, an insurance claim, where do I put that on the statement? Never really said where it went. Now it goes by type of claim. If it's operating type of loss, it's operating. If it's like a long-term in nature, it'll be financing.